Okay. So uh, we're going to continue with the Kiddush started yesterday, and hopefully we'll dip into some of the Gemarot on this this time, so we can expand our horizons a little. At least a little closer to home than Mikdash ve Korbanot. I love that. Yeah, it's so good stuff. I need to process that. That's a time to digest it, but it's like, yeah, put your mind on more relaxing content. Okay. Okay. All right. That was pretty funny about the price of the water. I have my coffee still. Okay, well, how did we get to the set? No, no. Some Russia are bad, but that's not 45. Russia is at least 45. Okay, halachatet, halachatet, what we're up to. Then we're going to look at a couple of things. I wanted to get to Yud Aleph yesterday, we didn't get to Yud Aleph. Maybe we'll get up to that this time and uh, and and then look at the one. Yeah. Okay. What's good? Good. You're the reader, designated reader. So let's say you rather bread or you don't have wine. What you do? You wash your hands and then you say I'm and keep it. <laughs> so, right, we're going on. You're recording, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Right, we understood that halacha based on the principles yeah. that we had. Right? Because so that's connected to Kiddush, for Havdalah is not connected to a meal. Right, yeah. Right, it's not connected to a meal, right? It's closing out the, it's distinguishing Shabbat in the negative. Meaning it's distinguishing it from hold. It's not creating a framework of a, of a Sudat Shabbat. So therefore it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to do it on bread. He's showing, by, by mentioning the Havdalah, he's showing you why it works to do Kiddush on bread. Because the whole idea is for the Divreya Kiddush to be connected to the meal. Normally we do it through the yai, But you could possibly do it through the bread. But since there's no bread in Havdalah... Since there's no meal, it's, it's, it's a backward, meaning Kiddush is, Kiddush is moving forwards. It's like you're, you're being Mikadesh and then you're having a meal. You're creating the framework of a meal. Havdalah is ending something. There's nothing after it. There's nothing after Havdalah that the Havdalah is creating a framework for. So Anazir would do this. Hmm? Anazir would say Kiddush on Bela. Right, but he has no ha- options for Havdalah. Ah. So what does he do? Well, he uses schnapps. I don't know. He'd have to use Samar Medina or something. Yeah. No, he's allowed. Zero percent beer that we had. No, he's allowed to have alcohol. What do you mean? Only grape. He's not allowed to. He's allowed to have uh, whiskey. He's just not allowed to have grapes. <clears throat> so he's allowed to have arak and whiskey and all that other good stuff. Hmm. There's a long discussion of it in the Gemara Masechet Nazir. What does he do for Havdalah and so on and Kiddush? But that's that's the answer. He does. You have to do Havdalah in a different uh, beverage. So or hear it from somebody else. There's no issue at all doing this. I say family is allergic to creeps. It's like fully doing the stuff they say you do shon basically. The way the Rambam has it, what's the situation where you have to use wine? If you like wine, wine either if you good. like wine better or if you're neutral. You don't have right because the Rambam is saying if you like bread better. Yeah. I raise them of the um, uh, Mikdash on the pot. He's actually saying you should do it. Kids. 
He's only saying you should do it yeah. if you like bread better, right? So uh, it makes sense. What kind of a what kind of a criterion is that? <laughs> well, if you like it better, then do this. If you don't like it? It's the other. Strength the soda. What do you mean? Whatever you like more for soda. Same way you have to say. Everyone likes more. You prefer more. Right. So what does that do? What What's the point? What, why do you choose what you prefer more for a bracha? Doesn't it elevate? Because the bracha is, is, it's not a bracha on the food. The bracha is the mitzvah. Right. So you're just connecting it. What do you mean in the case of kiddush? Or are you saying in It's like using your best animal for a karban. No, you're giving your favorite food for the kiddush. That, that's no. actually If you hate wine, yeah, why do you use it for kiddush? Like, right. Disgust anything for you? Like, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So when you when you have two foods in front of you and you have to say the bachan a particular one, you take the one that you like the best because why? You, you, what are you saying? Because why? Right. It's not just any food that you can use. Right. It's not going to make soda. Right. That's because that right, that makes soda. That's the rule, right? Parts of soda. Right. <laughs> he was about to make you <laughs> He didn't make up the lot of Right, it's about to... Uh, <clears throat> right. You use your best because... Um, because you're, you want to... You're using it. We're gonna, yeah, this, this is an interesting idea that's going to come up later too. Because it's, you're using it as a, uh, a vehicle for, the, uh, for expressing the debris you do. You should use the thing that you like the most. That makes sense. But it has to be one of the essential components of the suda, which is either the drink or the food, the drinking or the bread. Not just the candy, which is not considered one of the core components of the meal. There's a mishteh, and you have a, uh, you have a meal and you have a mishteh, kovea suda layain. It means that the wine is a, is a core part of the, of the suda also, what you eat and drink. Especially back then that they mostly drank wine, so they didn't die. You know, so, so that means that... Um, Right, so, that, so that's why you would choose the thing you like the most. Even though that's not the halakha lemasah. Halakha lemasah is you only do it when you don't have bread. So when you don't have wine. Because, so because the water was so bad for you. They, drank, they didn't really drink water very often in the olden days, it doesn't seem like. They mostly drank wine. Um, or beer. Things that killed the bacteria. Like yeah. <laughs> not like a, uh, not a heavily alcoholic wine. They, you know, grape juice also they drank. It's called yayin migito, something that just, you know, fresh, unfermented wine. Yeah. So, so, that, so that means that you choose the, the element of the suda that is most desirable to you. Because you're using it, you want what you use to declare the divrei uh, kiddush to be the best thing. The thing that's the best to you. Right? Okay. All right, go on. Mm. So what should you do? You say Kiddush on the bread, and you cannot say Kiddush on the wine after you did it here. Interesting. Well, I, that makes sense, I think. Meaning, now we said before that you shouldn't wa- wash and do Kiddush and then do... Right, according to the Rabbah. The Kiddush 
you just be first. Right. So you did washing, there's one do brachal of the and you want the kiddush to be the first part of the meal. So you right. to make, right. eat bread, make kiddush on bread. So Kiddush comes first still. Right. And then right. The, so there was the Minhag Ashkenaz that's brought in the, in the Tosafot and it was brought in the Ramah that they would wash first on purpose to show that the Kiddush was part of the meal. He's saying the opposite. If you wash first, even if you wanted to make Kiddush and wine, because before you made it a matter of what you want to do, you wanted wow, to make Kiddush and wine, right? <clears throat> even when you wanted to make Kiddush and wine, if you already washed, you can't do it anymore. Why is that? What's the difference? Why, why, why can't you do like what the Ramah says? You could still make a bachan wine after you wash your hands as well. Why? Why? Uh, you could still make a bachan wine. If you wash your hands. If you wash your hands and you didn't have any hesachadat and you made a bachat of shakol on something and ate it and then went and made hamotzi, you have to do wash again? No. So, so what's the problem? Why can't I just go do the wine after? It's showing an entilah is coming first. That's what we said, no? Mm-hmm. It's showing a part of the meal that entilah is coming before kiddush. You don't want to do that. But it's too late. You did it already. I'm thinking you did it already. So why? Well, you wanted wine. So why don't you do wine? Because the only way that if it's going by your your preference, so why? Because once you make hamotzi, you don't need to make a bracha anymore. The only reason for the yain was but you didn't make hamotzi. You only washed. So I'm saying, why can't you just go do a bracha Who said you can't say a bracha between entilah and hamotzi? There's no such rule as that. Maybe that's what people do, but there's no such rule as that. Mm-hmm. As long as you weren't Messiah that all. It's not because there's a specific to Kiddush. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The answer is like, I think, is that Netilat Yadaim is always considered the beginning of the Seudah. Okay? When you make Kiddush on the wine, what the Rambam is showing you is it's very good to say which element of the meal do you want to use as the way to express the, the ideas of the Kiddush, right? But if you're going to choose wine, you're not just choosing a specific food. You're also choosing that Kiddush is going to be prior to the meal. You understand? You have two options. You can either inject directly. You can inject it right into the bloodstream, so to speak. The Kiddush goes right into the meal by doing it over the bread. Or you can... Uh, take it as a pill. You know, you have something before and then it goes into the bloodstream, let's say, just using it as a metaphor. So with Kiddush on wine, you're doing it prior to the meal and then you're doing the meal. That's how you're setting it up. If you're doing it on the bread, what you're saying is you're connecting it directly to the meal without the intermediary. You can choose one of the two vehicles, whichever one you want. But once you started the meal, there's no more prior to the meal anymore. Washing is in the meal now. You're in the mode of the meal now. You can't say, no, 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 I want to do the thing before the meal now. It doesn't work. You start it. There's many halachot like that. If you wash your hands, like if there's a time you're not allowed to be kovea seuda, but you washed your hands already. It's already like you, you started. So even if, let's say, one, uh, well, I'm gonna, using the Rambam's idea that starting from in Chagdola, you can't be kovea seuda. <clears throat> but even according to the view, let's say it's later, and you washed your hands already before the time when it's asur. To, uh, uh, to eat, but then the time, you don't, you don't get to the bread in time and it's already past the time. Since you washed your hands, you can still do it. You can still eat because washing is like you started the meal already. If you wash before Shkiah or, or whatever the time is for Sudash Lashit, you washed already. It's Tchilat Suda. So once you started, so, it's, so the Rambam is correcting another misunderstanding you might have. You might think 
that the wine-bread dichotomy is just like whichever one you want. But it's actually two different ways of doing kiddush. It's not just two different substances. So you could choose uh, uh, wheat bread or white bread. It's two different ways of doing kiddush. The prior to the meal way or the connected to the meal way. Whichever one you like, you can choose. But once you've already washed your hands, you chose. It's meal. That's what he's saying. Okay, let's go further. Oh, now we talk about the... Okay, go ahead. No, 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 you're doing a good job. The big Kiddush, because it's so long. Because it's so long. Is that actually One of the explanations for why it's called Kiddush HaRabah is, is, uh, is Lashon Sagi Nahor. That it's like a euphemism. It really, because it's so short. They call it Kiddush Arba. But the Mikubalim say that it's actually because it's a greater Kiddush. Right, the, the, the Mikubalim say it's really a greater Kiddush according to Sod. Why? And not a Mikubal. Are they right? It might be. Usually they're right about those things. Yeah, you said that. They're, they're strong about it, something about it. Yeah, I, I, they're usually right about those things. There is an idea that the Kavod of the Yom is greater than the Kavod of the, of the night. Like if you have to choose to have the fancier meal, Yom or Laila, even though Laila for Kiddush is more important, daytime for Kavod is more important. And uh, the Ramban actually even mentions it in, the, uh, in that Ramban we were doing when he talks about the Kabbalistic stuff. He says, Al-Derech HaEmet, etc., etc. He mentions the nighttime, daytime. Oh, and by the way, they called it Kiddush Rabba. I'm not talking about the modern Mikubalim. I'm talking about the original one. It's like the Ramban. Minchak Dola is called it because there's actually a longer amount of time. It's bigger. Yeah. In the after, there's a longer afternoon. Minchak Dola. I wonder if it's because during the days when you have, like, back in the day at nighttime, you're not really doing much by not doing the because that's what no one really doing at nighttime. Right, right. When you're actually showing your testimony to Shabbat or something. That's a very good point. I think that I think that's true. There's an, and I would take it further, a step further. That's true. What's the idea? He's saying nighttime, Friday night is not such a big chidush not doing melacha. Nobody doing melacha at night. The day's over. Okay, he came back a little bit early. But, you know, it's leisure time. It's leisure Don't look at it with 20% dress. Like, right. Then, at nighttime, what was it? Everybody like, came home and had time, something to eat. At nighttime, they needed fire. Yeah, they yeah needed but they, they would turn on their fire before it turned night. And then they would go to sleep. They would eat and they would turn the fire. I thought their own was their fire. Well, you know, they, <clears throat> they had a... Uh, the Gemara talks in Bechot about the person who comes home. And he has his dinner, he does Arvit. It says, don't go straight home because you're going to eat and fall asleep. Go to the Bet Knesset, learn a little bit, Arvit, come home, eat, and then they would go to sleep. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think that's a really good point. And there's even a further point, similar, that with anything, when you first enter into it, you haven't picked up momentum yet. Sort of a similar, similar, but taking it even a step further. Yeah, it's true that nighttime leisure is just a standard leisure, but it's Shabbat. But it's, also, it's always leisure time. In the morning is when... It's very processed. Right. One, in the morning that you're not going to work, it's a, you already feel that Shabbat is, is a different kind of a day. But it's not only that, it's also that you've already picked up, you've gotten into the mindset of Shabbat already for 12 hours. So when you wake up in the morning, you're already in Shabbat mode. Yeah. A lot of times on Friday night, you're still like Harry. Like you, you just got in. Like you still just, thinking about work. Right, you're still, still, it's still processing. a residue of it. Friday night, you're like mentally still... 
There's, you you yeah. barely, especially the short Shabbat, you're like making it in at the finish line last second, you know, to the thing. So it's more harried experience yeah. as opposed to, and, and I think that the Ramban, if I'm not mistaken, he also connected to Shamor Vizachor. And he says that Shamor is the nighttime, meaning that you're stopping Menachat at the right time. And the Zahor is daytime because it's more of a, I might be misquoting him, but I think that's what he says, um, in, the, in the Sod level. That, you know, because you have Yishuv Adat already, exactly, and you're able to reflect on and absorb Shabbat. It's the, more, it's the time you're more engaged with the Shabbat. You, don't, you didn't just come out of work. You're Remember, starting the day, Bikdu Shat Shabbat. When I learned something very hard, like this morning, now I need to sleep because I need to process it. Like, mm-hmm. Unconsciously process yeah. it. And then, like, wake up the next morning with a new... With it in your mind, yeah. It's, it's it, like, they have a lot of research. Oh, oh, they, have, they have a lot of research on how sleep helps your brain process information. And stuff. I feel it, I feel it. <clears throat> it's a real thing. Yeah. What did you want to say? Do you read all the parashat and all the stuff in my problem? That's the way you can process it best. I think, yeah. I find that the best way to approach it is you build the framework and then you go back to the text. And then you go back to the framework and you go back to the text. And every time you go back to the text, in any area really of halakha, this is true. Not just in korbanot where it's unfamiliar to you. It's less familiar. Um, but in any area, you have to cycle back and forth from framework to text. Even what we're doing here. We keep going back to our suda framework. We go to the text of the Rambam, he says something, we go back to our suda framework, we see where it fits in. He's building a framework. Yeah, I have time. I have time to, uh, I don't know. I can't even imagine getting to the Gemara. Like, there's so much to do in there's, You could spend a lifetime doing this. You wouldn't be any worse. You wouldn't be... Uh, uh, you could do worse, as I used to say. Instead of going to the We'll get a little bit to the Gemara. We will. But anyway, I want to I actually do the Kiddush Shara Abba Gemara because there's a good one. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting Gemara and it, and it maybe ties in with this. I'm not sure. So what... what so, but, but that's why the, I Are think... Are you real not sure? I, no, I'm not sure. I think it reminds me of the Gemara, so I want to see if it maybe sheds some more light on it. But the, the, um, the Kiddushah Rabbah idea, according to the Sod, it really does make sense. Like that morning meal, you're much more in Shabbat than you are at the night. So ironically, the mitzvah del of setting up the framework of thought about Shabbat and making it meaningful happens at night. Right, but really the experience of being in Shabbat is during the day. So maybe that's why Kiddush Rabbah, you know, and that, that would make sense with what the Mikkel Balim said. Maybe the Mikkel say so much about Sudash uh, Tashit because by then you're already, uh, you have all your thoughts. Uh, you're, you're the most, what, you what also see that there's also a trajectory in the tefillah, which is, I always look at the tefillah as a source of, of insight into the day. You start out with Hashem creation, creation of the world, just his ending of Melacha, because that's what you're doing in Friday night, by Chulu HaShamayim Baruch Chotzvah. Daytime, you're talking about Matan Torah, which is like the epiphany of, you know, relationship. You're talking about the relationship with God how to get to and how to, get to, how to get there through, through what Shabbat points you to that. That Moshe Rabbeinu's understanding of God's entire creation and God's entire Torah, he brought it to us. And then we're trying, what does it say? Yismach Moshe and Yismechu v'malchutach. There's the both there. Yismach Moshe, Moshe reached this very high level of closeness to God. Yismechu v'malchutach shomrei Shabbat v'koreonet. We're trying to get to the level of Yisbechom Malchutach, then Moshe Rabbeinu was on it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, and it's a gradual yeah. process. So by Mincha, right. you're now graduated to understanding. And, and think about how, you don't say in Mincha, you don't say Yisbechom, right? Meaning you're not talking about what it will be. Yisbechom Malchutach, like, oh, what the process, you're talking about the, the, the destination. And what do you refer to? The Avot. You go, you go, you go from Moshe Rabbeinu, Avram Yagel, right? So you're not talking about 
uh, Moshe Rabbeinu anymore. You're talking about, some people say it's talking about actually Yimot HaMashiach, that Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov are going to celebrate Shabbat again in Yimot HaMashiach. That's the Geulah, the Yom Shekolo Shabbat. But, it's a, but it goes back to the idea of Kiddush Hashem. We're a unique nation. We testify to the oneness of God. So it's not so much a process as a destination. This is who we are. We are the Goyachad Ba'aretz that we are expressing the oneness of God. And one of the ways we're Mekadesh Hashem, most, in a most pronounced way, is through Shmirat Shabbat, that we stop doing Melacha. And that's why I think it says there, Shabbatot and Bam. Because it's not the individual Shabbat that really makes the point. Because anybody can keep one Shabbat. Shabbat and bam. Hmm? What's the difference? We say Shabbatot Kochecha. The uh, plural. Bam. Right? And I always thought the reason is because it's too. not this one Shabbat that makes, it, makes the effect of the Kiddush Hashem. It's actually the constant that every week a Jew stops for Shabbat is the Kiddush Hashem. Shabbatot Kochecha. The constant commitment. Because the last one is really about Kiddush Hashem. Because what is Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? They, they, were, they were all, their whole mission was Kiddush Hashem. We're returning to the basic project of the Avot in the afternoon. When we've kept the Shabbat, we're getting, you know, we're, the, our, uh, we're getting to the, towards the conclusion of the Shabbat. And we're reflecting on what's accomplished by the Shabbat. So it's, it's a very deep, the Tfilot always reflect the ideas of but yeah, that could be why Kiddush HaRabah, because you're more in the Shabbat, that's why it's a bigger, it's a bigger impact. And also, you don't have to say anything. Notice, all you say is Baruch Bria Geffen. That's it. Because you're already in it. Right, you're already in it. You don't have to say the other words. Maybe that's also why the Mikubalim are like tying it, what, what the Ramban was trying to say. I want to look at, back at the words of the Ramban and see if that idea is in there at all. Could be that the idea is in there and, 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 and by implication. It would be interesting to see. But that would also explain why Kibod Yom is bigger than Kibod Laila and all that. So the original Mikubalim had all these thoughts already. Mikubalim we see now, maybe they, they, turned it off, they, they turned us off from... Uh, they gave a somewhat of a negative association with the idea of Kabbalah as being like some weird mysticism. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think that we understand fully what the Ramban is talking about either when he says, Alder Chaim, I don't think we understand it. But I think whenever they point to an idea, this is very important, Ketorah is very important, it's extremely, it's an extremely important idea and everyone should want to do the Well, actually, the Gemara also says that all the Kohen want to do Ketorah, but anytime the Kabbalah points, the classic Kabbalah, I'm talking about Zohar and before, um, points to certain things as being really important. Usually, if you look, you'll see that there, it fits with nigle also, not only with the nista. You can find uh, a, an idea. Always. Oh, I mean, I've always found that that's true. I so like I follow their hints a lot of times. Well, Mikubalim are sitting and learning it though yeah. all the time. But they're just learning something that I don't really think is the same thing as what the Ramban was learning. Um, and there, and one, the, the, the Ari's Kabbalah was very different than the Kabbalah that preceded him. So it's, not, it's, it's a totally different framework. Yeah. You know, by Ari's uh, framework, I'm not a Mikubal to judge. I'm just saying it's a totally different framework. Not the same thing. The Ramban understood the Kabbalah as having nothing to do with practice. It was a theoretical thing. Theoretical ideas. It was a way of understanding. Philosophy. Right, it was a way of understanding the sod level of the Torah. And that only you could be initiated into it by an expert in the Kuba. Uh, the, the Ari understood it as connecting much more to the, uh, that, the, that it's, it's a practical, practical thing. You you're having an impact on the world when you do mitzvot and, and you're, you're affecting the spherot in certain ways. That, that, that was a new idea, a new emphasis in Kabbalah. That the Hasidim ran with. 
Yeah. Because it makes the mitzvot magical, more magical and appealing when, when you think that they're affecting the world than when you think that Kabbalah is just a type of advanced study. It would be like, come study calculus with me. Well, that's boring. I don't want to do that. Well, the Kabbalah really is just an advanced type of philosophy in the Ramban's view. It's not some kind of a magical, uh, you know, revealing that the mitzvot you're doing, what magical effects they're having on the, on the universe and stuff like that. That's what appeals to people. And that's why, that's why it emerged at the worst times in Galut, the Ariz Kabbalah, at the worst time of suffering. Because people felt helpless, hopeless, we have nothing, there's nothing we can do, we, we, the Jews are nothing. Right, no, actually, every time you put on tefillin, the universe is like uh, benefiting from Yeah. And you're opening up Tzinorot of Shefa, and you're doing this and you're doing that. The Ramban never says anything about that. No, no, no ideas like that at all. What was the Ramban's view on the point of tefillin? Well, he knew it. That tells you enough. He thought it was worth studying and knowing it. He engages with it. He argues with it. Uh, you know, it's hard. He, he, he thought the Rambam was wrong in his approach to Sod. Because he thought that the Rambam didn't have the keys that he had to, uh, unlocking a level of Torah understanding that was only accessible to the initiated. That's all. But he respected the Rambam he, clearly. Probably more than anybody else, no? He knew the Rambam was really great. He just thought he was missing this foundation. He probably said at his Shabbat table, if only the Rambam had had the Kabbalah, imagine how great he would have been. You know? That sort of thing. And the Rambam probably would say about the Rambam if he knew him, but uh, if only... Well, he was, he was after him. If he would have known If he only he would have... He probably would have said himself. if only... He probably would have said if only he had studied with me instead of with those crazy Mikubalim, he probably would have been a great Chacham. Something like that. I don't think that, and I don't think anybody could study the words of the Ramban and not think he's a chacham. I just think that he had certain premises that probably because we don't fully understand them, we don't, we, we have a hard time getting our heads around, and in some cases are contradicted by our modern understanding. So we have a hard time accepting that he believed it about magic or whatever else, spirit stuff, demon stuff. But otherwise, uh, he's a greater genius than anybody alive today. There's no... Uh, so he believed in some weird things. If he'd lived today, he wouldn't believe in it, for sure. For sure he wouldn't believe in it. I'm 100% sure. I'm not even... Because he was just searching for Emek. He thought it was true. He says, why do I believe this magic works? I, I, I heard testimony and evidence that it works. Okay, I have a lot more evidence now that it doesn't work. Okay. He's not a... He says, why do I know the rainbow... He himself says the Greeks already proved the rainbow is part of nature. So it doesn't mean that God created the rainbow after the mubble. Can't. It must mean that he assigned it a significance after the mubble. Okay. He's a, he's a rational person. I hate the word rationalist. But the Ramban wasn't rationalist. He wasn't rational. He's more rational than anybody today. At that time. No, he was working with the material that he had. He's if somebody believed in astrology 800 years ago, they were just a regular person. Everybody believed in it. It's like believing in any scientific idea today. They believed it was science. They didn't know. The Rambam was ahead of his time, saying that this is, nonsense. This is not a science. Even the Ralbag believed in it. Even, the, even Ezra believed in it. They didn't know how non-scientific it was. It's like a thousand years from now, we're looking back and saying, oh, they believed in biology. They believed in a, a, a multiverse and string theory and all this weird stuff. Yeah. 
they'll realize that, you know, there's a lot of things. They believe that you could just identify as a woman and it made you one. That's weird. <laughs> I hope that's what they say about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll, they'll definitely be saying it in Israel. That's what I I don't know about the rest of them. Um, yeah, so that's that's the uh, you have to realize these are great so chachamim. Yeah, your descendants are definitely saying it because they'll be in Israel. Our descendants are not. We don't know what happened to them. They could be uh, lost with the rest of the Aserat Shvatim. But you know the uh, the 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 truth is that um, that that's a mistake people make if they think if somebody has certain ideas they don't like they just think oh well there's nothing worth learning. We were sitting before, and I was telling them the story of Rabbi Nachman that was really good. And I said, it's a good thing that they're up there talking to that guy with the green kippah because, you know, they probably wouldn't want to continue learning with me if they're here then telling you a story about Rabbi Nachman. Everybody has good things. Anyway, okay, let's go on. Wait, I would like to hear the yeah, later, story, later. Rabbi Nachman story that might be Later, good. later. It's good. When you're back in America, I'll send you. Some of his sequels are good. Religious there's nobody who's like Aristotle said there's nobody seeking the truth he said the opposite of what Rav, the, the converse of what Rav, Rav Katzin said he said there's nobody seeking the truth that doesn't occasionally have a good idea a true idea yeah, Rav Katzin said there's nobody there's no rabbi that doesn't occasionally say nonsense <laughs> he said that to me I don't know if he would appreciate that I quote him all the time can we throw a bunch of shriyot to get to the one maybe good idea the person had? I don't think. Well, for sure the Ramban is not shriyot. I'm not saying that. Yeah, but um, even the Ari is not shriyot. I, I don't think it's shriyot. I, I don't. Think, I, I I might not understand a lot of it, so it might not be the best use of my time because I don't understand it. But if I understood it, I don't think it would be. I don't think he's like a bl- uh, a person who's just uh, saying nonsense. He he had ideas. He had understanding of Torah. It's just that a lot of premises. And concepts he introduced really, are not familiar to me. I really didn't know about it. It sounds so It's from someone that said he said. Right, mainly Rukhain Mita. Look, I see the Ramchal. I trust the Ramchal, actually. A lot of people don't. I trust the Ramchal. He showed, he showed that Kabbalah is an intelligent system. It's like it's an intelligent system. It has rules, it has principles, it has concepts, and it's just a different system. And he adored and admired the Rambam, but he also believed in the Kabbalah, so uh, it's, it's not contradictory. It's, it's just that we don't, we're not in that system. Okay, uh, you left your post. Okay, so stand in. Your, 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 your whole uh, cycle is off. Because you slept yesterday, and you were jet-lagged, it's bad. When I came to New York last time, it took me like so long to get... I kept coming home and falling asleep in the afternoon. It took me so long to get into a normal cycle. By the time you're nor- by the time you're settled in, you're gonna go. Down. Does that happen? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Read. We're in the middle of you know. I'm still See, if we were in the library, we could have taken the Ramban and looked at it, but we don't have it. That's one of the pains of that reason. Basically, you don't say that you should just say Bilvad. That's why there were a lot of these hyper-Rambam types, especially like Litvaks and Briskers and stuff. They don't say any Psukim. Just the Rambam. He said Bilvad, Bilvad. Right? So I, I saw a Yerushalmi. I always did this. Thing. That's in the Friday night. Here he said, we're giving Bilvat. That would make it longer than Friday. So, a real lit box, the real lit box, I guarantee you, 
in the in the in the Chorvashul, they don't say any psukim before they break bread. Maybe. The Lithuanian Jews, you know, like the Ashkenazi Nan Chasidish. We, I, I, I know that the Briskers, they don't say, they only say Brebrega. And I personally don't pick up the cup until Brebrega. And I actually, and I, I never really did. I just said the Psukim and I said Brebrega on the thing. And I saw this Yushalmi Syrian guy, our community, he does the same thing. So I guess it must be like a thing. Anyway. Uh, you don't pick up the cup because you don't, you. It was never really, it, it was never really become a nah, but then, you know, it said, it actually makes sense. So. It doesn't say you have to hold the cup for the psukim. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, yeah, and then... What was the reason why he wouldn't want to say any If he's really trying to emphasize that it's only about the break break, then it would make sense. That there's no, like, I, I like the idea, like we're saying here. That, right, that, that... It almost implies you need. It implies you need more. Oh, you don't need. You're it. already in the. Brain. It's like it's like wearing tefillin on Shabbat. Oh, It'd be like wearing tefillin on Shabbat, right? You don't wear tefillin on Shabbat. Even in Yerushalayim, where everybody walks around wearing tefillin all the time, on Shabbat you don't because why? It's a, you already have an oath. So is that a din in tefillin? No, it's actually a din in Shabbat. Like by wearing tefillin, you're saying the oath of Shabbat is not enough. It's a dissing of Shabbat, right? It's not because of tefillin. Tefillin could be any day. It's that Shabbat, you're implying Shabbat is not sufficient. That's why, like, for example, in Cholam Moed, there's a big debate about tefillin. In the Halakha, in the Rishonim, there's a debate. In the Zohar, it says, it's Asur on your Chayat Mitah. So, then the, so, the, so Maran said, it's Asur. But when I was growing up, there were a lot of Ashkenazim that did. We still worked yeah, in Cholam Moed. A lot. Ashkenazim only. Still. Not a lot. Less and less. Yeah, it's gotten less and less. Because in Eretz Israel. It never was the Minhag because the Gra was against him. Because he fought, probably because he fought the Zohar, I assume. Because he what? Probably based on the Zohar, the Gra. Hmm. I assume. Because when you read it, when you look at the Rishonim, it comes out that there's only one real Svara for not wearing it that would be applicable, which is that the Oath of Sukkah and the Oath of Chametz, of non Chametz, is sufficient. So therefore, you don't need feeling. But the other reason that there's an Isur Malacha only applies if you hold that Isur Malacha is Deoraita on Cholamoyed. And most Rishonim don't hold it's Deoraita. They hold it's Deorabanan. So uh, it doesn't really fit with our other halachot to say that you wouldn't be able to wear tefillin. It can only be, the only, only the Tosfot that says that it's because of the, uh, that it's because of the Matzan, and yeah, because of the Matzan, the Sukkah, that could fit with our current halacha. But the idea that, that Isur Malacha on Cholamoyed is Deoraita, like the, the, the Rashba says, oh, if you hold it, that it's Deoraita, so then you wouldn't wear Tefillin, but we don't hold it's Deoraita. So, anyway, that's, that is a total tangent. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, John. You say he so calls a kiddush even though it's just pray prayer geffen. Yeah, even though before he kept saying mivarech pray prayer geffen v'kadish as two separate things. The pray prayer geffen wasn't the kiddush, right? Now he's using the word lekadish as just referring to pray prayer geffen. What does that show you? That actually proves our idea even more. 
that because you already set the framework and it's it's all you're already in that mindset when it comes this is sufficient this becomes <coughs> sufficient for kiddush before. just the bright bright honoring the meal with the bright bright before is enough it's implicit that it means for shabbat before the takana of the sofrim to make it on wine or would they do it during the day i don't th- i don't know if they would have any formal having to express it during the day before they connected it to Seuda, I don't know if they would have. Yeah, it's Rabbanan. It's Rabbanan. Only the Friday night one is the right. So why can't you eat anything That's why it's just this umitzvah levarech alayayin v'yam Huh? Why can't you eat anything Ah, so that's very good. So does everyone, so what does he say? V'gam kiddush zeh lo yeh l'bimakom Seuda, right? So meaning he's applying the exact same halachot, just to say pray pray gefen. It's not a real kiddush. You can't make a Daytime, yeah. right? <laughs> Meaning, even though it's just saying Brei Priyagefen, all of a sudden this Brei Priyagefen Vacha becomes on the status of a Kiddush. Even though you're not saying anything about Shabbat. Right, and he doesn't say about Hamotzi, it has to be a Gefen. Because if you just say Hamotzi by itself, you're not doing anything other than the meal itself. Yeah, but wine right? is the same idea. I'm not doing anything but but you don't usually drink wine prior to the meal. Usually you drink it during the meal. So that so we see why that would make a difference. You're changing the character of the suda. You start, but but it's not a uh, it's not a kiddush. Before every time I was describing it, and I pointed it out before, it was bothering me. He kept saying mivarech alayin v'charkach mikadesh. Now he's calling the 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 bribery given mikadesh. So there's a longer avad here, who I know is cholek on the Rambam about this issue. All these issues. Do you have the Rabbat in yours or no? Anybody have it? Anybody have a regular Rambam that can see it? You have it on... What? You're too pure. If you click on the Halakha and you click commentaries, it'll show you. Halakha commentaries? No, click on that Halakha. Yeah. Yeah. It should show you on the sidebar yes. commentaries. Yes. It's, if it's on that halakha, make sure it's on that halakha that you highlight. Is Rabbah something else or another name? No? I'm not, I'm not able to open it. It's here, but it says no. I have it. No I have it. You have it? Okay. Amar Avram, the good... Bechayei Roshi. I love what he says. He's so complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. If he said this from his own, he said, by my life. If he made this... Which Rabbah? Which Rabbah? Which Rabbah? The first one? The first one on the page. He never came up with a worse Svarah than this. Keep going. I think that's an exaggeration. I'm pretty sure the rabbi thought he had much more smarter than this. <laughs> he got it from the fact that they called it Kiddushar Rabbah. That's what he's saying. Got it, yes. Keep going, keep going. Very complimentary. Go. Meaning, if he didn't have wine, he would just have to eat bread. It's not. It's not the same thing as kiddush. He already did kiddush. He doesn't say by yomer. He doesn't say 
doesn't say Zachor be Yom HaShabbat, it says Zachor et Yom HaShabbat. Right? In the beginning. Inami, the lo Kaddish Unless he's saying when he didn't make Kiddush at night, then he has to make Kiddush on the day. You know, the Rabbat is skeptical if there's even such an idea. So it's just a Nasmachta that you're supposed to drink wine during the day. It's not that long. There's no such thing as a Kiddush. Not a Kiddush. Don't, don't call it a Kiddush. And it's the worst Svara ever. Why is that the worst Svara ever? I don't know. Why is it it's exaggerating? He says that all the time. Oh, yeah. No, he says a lot worse. I like when the Ravad says about what the Ravad says about Rabbi Nizrachim, where he says that the, that he's a Navi, Navi Shaker and that what a waste of paper all the stuff that he wrote. That he that he should be uh, you know he should be he wasted a lot of paper. Does the Ravad have any kiddushin? Yeah, of course. One of the yeah, I mean one of them is very good uh, insults. Yeah, but he no, he does. His book on Hilchot Nida is very big. His, uh, he wrote Hilchot uh, Nida. It's very, it's, he had a big impact on Hilchot Nida, actually. He wrote it also from... Is it positive? Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's good. He was a Tawil Chacham. We're not saying nah. What's it called? It's called... Um, oh, I have it. Uh, I have two of them. Oh, Balei Nefesh. Say for Balei Nefesh the Rabbah. Well, no, I, have, like, I think I have two of them. Of Kapach actually printed it, ironically. Hmm. He printed, I had the old edition and he printed a new edition. Like from a Kitabiyat. No, he had, he had some good things that he wrote. Even when he criticized the Rambam, um, he usually has a good Svarab behind this criticism. I mean, he's asking a good question. Why would this be called the Kiddush? He's basically asking the question we're asking. Why is this called the Kiddush? Right? We had an answer because we developed our framework based on the Rambam. So when we see a halakha that the Rambam brings, we assimilate it into the framework. He's operating from outside the framework of the Rambam and just looking at the halakha. And he doesn't see what we're talking about. Right? So we're talking about how the Rambam is making this into a kiddush. He's saying it has all the same halakhot as kiddush. It sounds absurd. But based on what we said, that basically Friday night you create this framework of Shabbat. Daytime, you're riding on that framework. So you don't even have to say anything more. In fact, maybe you shouldn't even say bilvat. Only say the Brevi Agavet. Implicitly, you're referring back. To, you're elevating the Seuda to the higher purpose that you've already articulated and you're already made, established. You're really and you're right. You've already, you've already made it manifest. You've already been in it. And so it's implicit. You don't have to articulate it except by showing that this is a special Seuda. Saying Brevi Agavet. So by giving all the same halachot to that Brevi Agavet that you give to a Kiddush... He's saying, see it as serving the same function as the Kiddush of the nighttime, but without the necessity. Yeah. Like, in other words... So you might be undermining it by adding... By adding something. You're adding, you're asking, you're right. Meaning, you have two types of things in, in, in... You have two types of statements. You have you have connotation and denotation, right? Denotation means when the meaning is explicit in the words. Connotation means where the context, in, you know, gives meaning to the statement. The context, right? For the best example that my teacher used to illustrate this when I was a kid was the Smurfs. The Smurfs can use the word Smurf for anything, right? From the context, you understand. Like if I said, could you Smurf me that for a second? You would know what I'm asking because I'm reaching for something. Oh. Now, in it, denotation means that it's explicit. So the Kiddusha, the Friday night, is denotation. It's, it's explicit. 
the kiddush of the daytime is implicit. I'm making this a special meal by having a break with Yekefin before and celebrating the theme of Shabbat. The it's implicit. Already. It's already been... If I had articulated now, it's like, well, what was I doing up till now? Right. Right? So, now it's like, what you did before was nothing. Right. So, so I want to continue else. it and I want to make this meal also a part of that same thing. But if I articulate it all over, all over again from the beginning, it's like I'm undermining what I did before. Yeah. We're saying it's low Shabbat. Not no one to connect it to Friday, sort of like uh, same thing we did last night. We're doing today, you know? right? We're doing it, but without adding anything. Is if you add anything, it's almost implying that what you did last night was not Shabbat. Why, why make a different bracha? No, just oh wait, wait. I want, I want you to see. So wait a second. Let me see this Gemara here. One second. Kuvav. So so there's an interesting Gemara here. We are. Not the first time. We did on the first day. We did it. We did do it. I'm just looking to get a crack when I open my. Oh, it's, it's a, there's a, there's a good Gemara to learn. One, we're going to learn about Kiddush Sharaban, the Gemara to learn Kufa Vamud Aleph. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight lines down from the bottom. And who's going to volunteer to read a very hard. As, my, as one of my teachers would say, Tanu Rabbanan, 2,000 pounds of rabbis. Tanu Rabbanan. I had some character rabbis. Yeah, 106A. No, from the top, from the top. Who wants to read? Who wants to read? Tanu Rabbanan. Who wants to read? Anybody? Oh, you can read? Go ahead. Zachor, Yom HaShabbat B'Kadosho. Talmud Lamar. The Pasuk says. Now the Gemara asks, why are you asking about Balai Laminayin, implying that the main Kiddush is during the day? Balai Lahu. Right, Balai Lahu Kaddish. The main one is the one he does at night time. The Kiddush, which is exactly what the Rabbat was saying, right? When you do Kiddush, it's supposed to be the beginning of the day, not in the middle of the day, right? That's what the Rabbat was saying. Right, because it's asking a question, how do I know I need Kiddush at nighttime? So there are two questions the Gemara is asking. The first one is, why does the why does the Brita imply that the main kiddush is yom, and how do we know nighttime? It's the opposite. The main one is nighttime. Second of all, the in in the Brita it says, how do I know nighttime from a from the word bayom, right? From the word yom, right? Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense. Why would you ask about nighttime and prove it from day, from the word day? So what's the answer? Balayla, I have to correct it, right? No, no, keep going, keep going. Okay, stop there. So that's the basic source, right? We have, so there, that's what the Ravad was saying when he said, Asmachta. Right, there's a hint in the Pasukah, there's a, but it's only an Asmachta, it relates totally rabbinic. Asmachta be'alma. The idea of Kiddush Bayom. Correct? So the Ravad is right. So far. Okay, now what does the Gemara say? Or a prayer given. Right, so that's, that's it. 
Why can't I have a kiddush? Is that? That's it. Just that. Right, that's it. Keep going. Ravashi, this, I, I like this story. It's a good story. <laughs> he came to Mechuzah. Mechuzah place. Rabbah. I said, would the master please do Kiddusha Rabbah for us? Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. How about they brought him the wine? He's like, what's Kiddusha Rabbah? I never heard of that before. So he thought to himself, Michdi, you always start with Bray Bray I know that. They brought me a cup of wine, so I can start with that. <laughs> see what the response is. He made a long Bray Bray like he did it elaborate. Whatever. And then he wanted to see are they going to now go to, to drink? Right? Why couldn't you just ask? It was embarrassed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. What is it? I don't know. It's like a real, real thing. I love this. I love this. I love this story. I love this story. It's so funny. <laughs> An old guy. Yeah. Bending. He's bending. He was bending over to drink. Meaning, once he said, break, break, and he went to drink. So he said, oh, that must be the end of it. Right, he said he, quote, he said about himself the pasuk from Kohelet the chacham's eyes are said meaning I thought I got my way out of it you know, I, <laughs> yeah he said meaning he figured out a strategy to figure it out by without him without of course of course the funny thing is that um, that now that the story's in the Gemara we all know they didn't know it right he didn't want to admit they didn't know it so he didn't want to ask but in the end, the, the story's in the Gemara, so now, it was more important that everyone know that a, a good strategy for getting you out of trouble is to think ahead and uh, think how you can uh, test the waters and see people's response to when the end of the Baruch It's pretty smart. That reminds me of a, I'll send a pictures for the chat. Yeah. You did this also? No. They said, please. I'll send it out. Huh? So, uh, so that's the Gemara. Let's see. Uh, what is that working? No, no. Oh, you're gonna send it. It doesn't cut off. Cut it off. No, it doesn't. Here. So the Rashbam here says, why is it called Kiddushay Rabbah? But what is it showing you? Oh, H2O. Oh, that's the... funny. It's, it's exactly what we're it? talking about. I'll send it to the chat. That's funny. Send a picture to the recording. H2O. Yeah. So the. Uh, so this is, the, the, the point is that, um, yeah, so the Rashbam here says, Amar of Yehuda Boi Priya Gefen, Atai kasad dechamra ubaruchei umashte. It would bring a cup of, uh, the, the, what is Kiddush HaRabah? I'm reading for the Rashbam. Yeah. Because it's longer than Rashi. Rashi is a little bit short, right? They would bring a cup of wine and drink. He says, Mishum kivot Shabbat. Lechalek ben midat Shabbat lemidat chol. To show that Shabbat is different than chol. Because you praise God always with wine. Right? With simcha, with, a, with, a, with something that honors, honoring Shabbat, honoring Hashem, using the wine. It's a generic type of a thing. There's no specific bracha. So that's the story about, uh, uh, about Kiddush HaRabah. That, so what was the 
It's in, and Rav, none, none other than Rav Ashi himself didn't know what Kiddush Arabah was. So what does that show you about, what, what could he possibly have thought it was? Some other, some other Hmm? What, what would be the, what if, if, not, if, you, if you come to a neighborhood where they have an institution of Kiddush Arabah, you don't know what it is. Why would you start singing the bracha? What if it's the second bracha? They brought, no, they brought him the wine. He said, I know everything. His, his logic was, everything starts with Bari Pregeffen first. Kiddush, Avdalah, a wedding, everything. Everything starts with Bari So I know I could say that. Yeah, but then he'll get stuck. And then he's, and then he's, what, he's what like, he decided I'm going to wait and see There's if it looks like they're getting ready to drink. If nobody drink, then what? I don't know what he would have done then. Then he would have said Baruch and stuff, and it was tough. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened. That's a good question. What would have happened then? He was, uh, he trusted I, himself. I think it sounded like it was a good strategy, right? Actually, it wasn't. I mean, he ended up sneak, like, sneaking away by getting what the, the outcome he was hoping for. Right. But it's not a good strategy. I mean, not in every situation. It won't work in every situation. Yeah. She would have been some nighttime kidnapped, probably. Um, yeah, right, right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, that he probably thought maybe this community has some kind of a takana that they did, that they say the. Uh, they say the entire Kiddush during the day. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's what I assume he In thought. In which case, he would have been able to say the entire He would have just continued going on, yeah, you know, because that was their custom. It wouldn't have been a brachal batala. I guess he didn't think it would be if that's what their, what their takana was. I assume. I, I think that's what the pshat is, that he wasn't sure where to stop in Kiddush. So he figured, I know it must start with Brejvay that's, Gefe, and that's, that's always true. And he just didn't know where to stop. I assume that, that that's what it was. I wanted to see if the, I, I remember the scene in the run about Kiddush Arabah. I wanted to find it. Okay, where does he say the thing about Kiddush Arabah? Um, this is the. Uh, this is about Pesach. Where does he bring the Kiddush Arabah part? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is what the Ran says. Um, I remembered him saying something about Kiddush Arabah also, so let's see what he says here. I don't know if you have the Ran, you probably do. I think there's a riff on Safaria, and you can get the Ran on it, if you can. If not, I'll read You want to try to find it? No. Okay, so he says... Um, that this drush has us machtabi alma, the e kidushadi amama de oraita, he kilo amrina be ela boy pregefen. How could you just say boy pregefen if it's a de oraita? Um, <clears throat> it says, Vetu, alo bachazo becata nenini, velav me in kidushahu, ela kidushadi oraita balaila. And he says, Raucha, he says, Ela mishum de quod yom adif, me quod laila, Raucha coming lots of beyond, zecher la kidush. Which is like sort of similar to what we're saying, meaning you're re- referencing the same concept of the kiddush. So you're doing like the beginning of the kiddush of the previous day, the previous night, as if to evoke that that point, but without going any further than you have to. Since you're blessing on the wine, unlike you do for other seudot, you don't usually bless on the wine first. It's like you're praising the specialness of the day. 
כדי שלא להשוותו לקידושה של לילה, that's similar to what we were saying before. Right? He's saying similar to what we were saying before. They didn't want to make it long, because if you did, it would seem like you were trying to equate it with the Kiddush of the night, and saying that the Kiddush of the night wasn't sufficient, or something like that. Beto Kiddush HaRabah lekinoi she'eno, lefi she'eno ikar ke Kiddush HaShelayla. That was what I wanted to find. What? He says that they called it Kiddush uh, Kiddush HaRabah because it's not the Ikar Kiddush. It's short. Just like you call a blind person, Sagin Oro, a person with a lot of light. And then he mentions that the, since the rabbis made it like Kiddush, they made the same rules of Kiddush like the Rambam says, but the Ravad said no, that since it's only with the Ravad, you could eat before the Kiddush in the daytime. Okay? <clears throat> so, uh, right, so that's the, that, that fits pretty well with what we were saying before about the Rambam. According to the Rambam, that the idea is not to undermine but you, the, the point, the reason why I brought the Gemara is because you might have thought that they would just have you do the Kiddush again during the day. That's what Ravashi thought. Oh, maybe they do it twice. One for the Kibod Yom, one, one for the Kibod Laila, Kibod Yom. Even the Brayta says, Ein liyala bayom, balayla minayin. And then the Gemara is like, what are you talking about? Ein liyala bayom, balayla minayin. That's the opposite. Ein liyala balayla, bayom minayin. Right? So you see that there was like a Hava Amina that since the level of Kiddushan, Kavod of the daytime is greater than the nighttime, maybe you'll say, Kavachomer, you have to say something in the daytime. I think even the Brayta, the original form of the Brayta, was thinking that way. That, that really the main kavod of the day, when you're most clear and your focus is during the day, so maybe that's when you really should articulate it. What, what the Kiddush. And it's saying, no, really it's, it's more important that you set the tone from the beginning of the Shabbat. You don't, necessarily, you don't say it when you're at your highest point in your immersion in Kiddush Shabbat. You say it from the beginning to set the tone. And then when you get to the middle, it's only the Rabbanah. Rabbi Ashi thought maybe they repeat the Kiddush of the nighttime out of Kavod for the Yom. He's saying, no, on the contrary, to do that takes away from the Kiddush of the night, makes it equal to the Kiddush. You just do an honorer, like an honorable action to show the specialness of the meal and to give Kavod to the, to the Shabbat. And by implication, you're referencing the same idea of the Kiddush of the nighttime. And the Halakhot of the Kiddush of the nighttime would apply, like the Rambam says. According to the Ravad, all it is is a mitzvah to drink wine during the day of Shabbat. It's not really a kiddush in any way, except by uh, the way that people think that a that when they serve a kibud, like some kind of a, they'll be like, oh, there's a kiddush during the week. They'll say, oh yeah, there's a, there's a kiddush after the after the services. It's not a kiddush if it's on Monday, but people will say that sometimes because they think any like little any little refreshments they call it a kiddush. So that's kind of how the Ravad is, is interpreting it. Just a, it's just a, a figure of speech. Interesting. Obviously the Ravad is wrong, Rambam is right. But it's, the Ravad is very helpful in clarifying why the Rambam is right. Yeah. Whether you knew it or not, who knows. Okay. I, don't th- I, I, I sometimes wonder when, when the Rishonim like, argue with each other, did they give the amount of attention to the other person? Meaning... Did they just have their own theory and understanding the subject and so therefore just throw out critiques at the other guy because they wanted to bolster their own interpretation? Or did they really try first to fully understand the other side? I, I, I wonder, some, probably sometimes yes, sometimes no. I don't even point to Rabat's opinion. Did he say even if you're not having a meal uh, on Shabbat day, you still make a very good 
sounds like no. It sounds like he's saying, really, you just have a meal. And if you didn't have wine, so you just have the meal without the wine. But it's good to have wine at the meal. I think he still thinks it has to do with the meal. Just that it's not a formal mitzvah where you would have a restriction to eat before or to drink before or anything like that. It's connected to the meal, so there's no idea of kiddush beyond Or that you have to have a formal siddah. I guess you would think shtiyat yayin, it's like simcha, it's like uh, honor to the day. He seems to say it doesn't require makom siddah, so I guess you could drink the wine even without the siddah. Doesn't the Gemara talk about the Gemara? Only for nighttime Kiddush. Oh, no. The Ravad is saying, only for nighttime Kiddush. It doesn't, ex- it, meaning when the Gemara says, in Kiddush, like we saw on the first day, the, Ra- the Ravad will say, yeah, Kiddush. This is not Kiddush saying, we're praying again. The Ravad will say, no, it is Kiddush. And the Ran, the Ran actually gives a little bit of an explanation why, because it's Tchilat Kiddush, the beginning of the Kiddush. And you already said the full Kiddush last night, so you say, you know, which is kind of like what we're saying. It references the framework without having to rebuild the framework. Ravashi thought, oh, maybe you have to restate it for the daytime. There's a nighttime and a daytime. The, the, the Rambam is saying, no, you don't do that. Or the Halachai is, you don't do that. You simply reassert what's already there. You reference what's already there. Um, and, and you don't want to take away from what's already there by, this, by implying that it's not. Rambam might, might be a proof to the Rambam. Right? Yeah. Because he would be willing to say even the Bracha. Right, exactly, exactly. That's what, that's what I was... That's what I was thinking in the back of my head when I said maybe it's connected yeah, yeah because because um, the fact that he even entertained that possibility means that he thought that there was like some kind there of real some kiddush. Kiddush. he thought right. it was just a kiddush that's the very breaking that makes the connection and if this community thinks that it's a full I, thing I, I the full thing so I say the full thing also right. not like the people not who like say like who say like ala chilat matzah during cholam yeah. okay. which is definitely not not supposed to be <laughs> but apparently that was a very common thing because all the post scheme talk about it so it must have been a very common oh, yeah. thing of people. So now I was thinking about that also. Really? No, not, I convinced him you don't have to say the whole bracha. Oh, really? So now, and then he asked me to the sign. So I said, yeah, before you say the Motsi, say the words, Allah, Chilat, Matzah, Barachatah. Oh, that's a good trick. So that's what we just, that's what I did. That's a good trick. I do it to them just to satisfy them. That's good. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. The thing is, it's not a mitzvah to say during the week, that's why. Right. It's only a mitzvah to say on the first night, so. And then they ask, well, what about the Graham who says it's a mitzvah to eat every day of the uh, matzah every day of the seven days or eight days of the Pesach? What about that? So what's the answer? What's the answer? Even according to the Graham, it's not a mitzvah because of achilat matzah. It's a mitzvah to demonstrate that you're not eating chametz. He doesn't think it's a mitzvah actually. Uh, so there's no bracha about the matzah? No, no. To not during the week. There's nobody holds it. There's according to any bullshit. My dad takes Mr. Vasani as like, if he says it, then that's not a Okay, like it, like one time Rabbi Ben Chaim said that um, in Iran they want to blow the shofar on the on Motza a Yom Kippur and said Asher Kedishanu Bivitzodavitzivanu. And when Rabbi Ben Chaim said, "What are you doing?" They said, uh, "For the people who didn't hear it on Rosh Hashanah, but it's not Rosh Hashanah. This doesn't count. Maybe we should do Al Mikra Megillah now in Tevet, just in case you might not be able to make it to Megillah reading." We'll do it now. Look, people still today look at the shofar of the Kippur as a mitzvah. They think it's a mitzvah. Yeah. People ask, oh, no, no, we can't make a shul, can we make someone come to our house? For what? For shofar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Tell them, yes, if you make up the first, I'll come. they made up the they actually, technically, all those people are violating an Esau Jarabbanan of eating on Yom Kippur. Because they didn't no. actually do Abdullah. Yeah, but the words could be about the illness. If they said it, 
if they actually said the Arvid, but they don't say Arvid. They start running out as soon as Neila is over, and so they didn't say Arvid, so they didn't say Atachonantano, and they didn't say Abdallah. So technically, they're still in Yom Kippur, Midir Abanan at least. And, uh, and they're eating on Yom Kippur. But anyway, that's my pet peeve. That's why I used to always hold my community hostage and not do Abdallah. Not Blow the shofar till after RV. Wow. Oh yeah. Not sure. No, no. My old community. I used to finish nila ten minutes early. Lock the doors. No one's allowed to leave. We did this a few times also in in Oreste. We did. We finished nila early on purpose, so that it wasn't over yet, and then we're able to do the whole RV. Everyone stay until we blow the shofar. We blew the shofar when it was before RV, but since it was small enough of a group. We're able to tell the people not, you know, to wait. Because Yom Kippur and Or Esther was actually really nice. Because only the people, like a lot of people didn't come, basically. Not because I don't love those people, but I'm saying it wasn't overcrowded, like Rosh Hashanah. So the people who came by, the people who lived nearby. Don't worry about it, they're not No, it's okay, no, I'm just saying. No, no, I actually, it was actually nice, because only the people, it was a smaller crowd on Yom Kippur. It was actually like a, a nice to feel out because it was a smaller crowd. Because people don't, don't drive to shuls, so they were all going to shuls. Right, but the only houses. the people who was, were close came. So you never had as big of a crowd. And, it was, and, and those who don't live near any shul go to want to stay somewhere. So it was, it was very nice on Yom Kippur there. Um, and so we, we would do that. But in my old shul, and I got the same guy complained every single year, but I, did it, I still did it because um, it was better. So I would have them do, they left, finish 10 minutes early, do a very quick arvit. And then shofar, and immediately with the blowing of the shofar, havdalah. Like we started havdalah, like as the shofar was finishing, and then they would get havdalah. That was just for the people who are the tzaddikim v'anshema. I say I'm not going to make everybody do birkat levana. We did. Everyone, as soon as Yom Kippur is over, is not hungry. They're very hungry. As soon as it's over, they're like, okay, I can do do, go, do yeah. No, I'm not going to get that. Most yeah. of the older people. Uh, I can do Kiddush Levana now. I'll do, the, do that. An hour later, you actually sit down to break the fast and you didn't even notice. Like last night, I mean, it was a short fast, but, you know, we were waiting at Burger's Bar an hour after the fast over, we were finally eating. Oh, was an hour? No, uh, like, like, like 35 yeah, minutes. Hours. Yeah, we added a lot on. We were mostly from Burger's Yeah. Um, it, like a lot of times, but between Birkata Levana, the traffic getting home from, because the entire Steamboat Road is a parking lot when you try to come out, uh, it would be like almost an hour after when I had fun to eat something. The trick is you have to drive west on Steamboat Road. The trick is you have to walk, which I actually learned after the first couple of years and just would walk on the night of Yom Kippur. Or just on the Shara, They kicked me out. What do you want That's what I was trying to do, but they, they got rid of me. Not the traffic and coming The board of Shara was very, you know, very, very against me. They wanted me out as soon as possible. Even before the Chagim that year, it was like, it was August. They already wanted me out. We come here just to make sure. They said, even though out. we're not having any rabbi for the high holidays, we still want them. We come here to check on you, make sure you're not coming back. Yeah, that's exactly it. The first thing Jordan said is, is there anything that could convince you to come back? I just want to make sure so that I can prevent this from happening. <laughs> That's, that's what happens. Emet. Okay. Yud Aleph. Let's go back to the Rambam, see what he says next. I think it's a very, this Gemara, you're right. It fits in with the Rambam really well better than the Rabbad because the Rambam is better than the Rabbad. <laughs> it's just true. 
It's it, if you even like most lovers of the Rambam have a very mixed feelings towards the Rabban. Hatred, hatred. Right, I wouldn't say hatred, but sometimes he does have interesting things to say. But he's a very negative person, uh, like Dmut. Like he, he has like a negative like image because he's a crit- critic of everybody. So he's like constantly. Is it everybody uh, is. Yeah, because he attacks the Rambam, and then in the back of the one of my other favorite Rishon Rabbi Nozrachi, he attacks him all the time. Says that he asks Shelot Yeladim. I think it's here actually. I think it's at the end of Sakhin. Because that Ramban never talks down to Rashi. He doesn't talk down to him. He never would say a bad thing about him. He never he never says a bad thing about him. We just say the Harav, you know, uh, Harav. Yeah, you know, he, he combined these two midrashim, but they're two different opinions. Or he didn't see this, or he didn't understand that, or this is not the pshat. I'll say this is not the pshat. But there's one place I put it in our chat one time. Where the Ramban said, I have to look back what the context was now, I can't remember. But the, I, a lot of times when I was doing the Ramban this year, if I saw an interesting thing, I would share it in the chat. And he said, from the fact that Rashi uh, departed from the interpretation of Chazal and understanding this Pasuk, we see that there, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with putting aside the Midrashim and reading the Pasuk according to the Pshat. He said, we learned from Rashi that it's okay because he did it. I mean, like, he respected Rashi. He definitely respected Rashi. And Rambam. Everybody, you know, he, no, yeah. The, if you read the Ramban's letters to the French rabbis who were against the Rambam, he trashes them for being against the Rambam. First, they were like, the Rambam says God doesn't have a body. He's like, what are you talking about? Who says that God has a body? Nobody believes that. Of course, the Rambam is right. And, no, and he says the Ram, how great the Rambam is, and he defends him, like, big time. He, you don't have to... And yeah, I mean, the Ramban definitely respected the Rambam, read all of his stuff and considered him a worthy opponent, meaning, you know, I don't think that he, he thought anything negative on him in terms of personally or his scholarship, his knowledge, for sure not, or Rashi. But he even, even says in a couple of places, and I thought it was cute, like, oh, because Rashi, you see from here, because Rashi was able to say this is a Midrash, but this is not the... Uh, this is not the pshat, so you see from this that we're, you know, that it's okay for us not to read it according to the chazal and to read it according to the pshat that we understand. Like, he respected him. But the, the ravad, when it comes to Hilchotta, Svirata, Omer, I think you put this in the end of Tzachim, right? The, the riff? Oh, this is not the riff. Okay. I think that's where the riff puts it. Because it's, it's in Menachot, but there's no riff on Menachot. And then the, the, then the, then you have, yeah. So the very famous, um, uh, Rabbi Nuzrachia, where he says, like, why don't we say Shechianu on Sfirata Omer? He says, um, and why, it's the very last daf of the riff, the riff on the bottom. With the, it's, in here it's so tiny to read, but um, in the New York one it's easier. He asked, why don't we say Shechianu on Sfirata Omer? And why don't we say, uh, basically, like, Safek Yom, we say a Safek for Yom Tov Sheni Shal Galuyot. So why don't we say on the second day of the Omer, or it might be the first day. Why don't we, why don't we do that? He asks all these questions and he gives an answer. But the Ravad says, These are questions of kids that these are asking. And then he gives an answer to it after he says it was a Shailot Yiladim. So that's the answer to kids. Yeah, right, because that's the whole point of Pesach. Now, all these places, it's the Ravad attacking the Ramba, the I mean, the Ramban also attacks Rabbi Nuzarachia 
uh, for criticizing the riff, because basically the Rabbeinu Tachia's words are against the riff usually, or, or questioning him. But the Ramban doesn't disrespect anybody the way that Ravad does. Like the Ramban doesn't leave you with a bad taste in your mouth when you read his critiques, even when he disagrees. Yeah. My favorite thing is when the Ramban says, it's a sword to read this, after he just gave you the entire thing and he read it. A sword to read it and, or to hear it. He says, the Rambam's interpretation of Parashat Vayera, uh, he says, asur li, uh, ele, uh, I think he says, asur li shom'am, af It's definitely a sword to hear it and definitely not to believe it. But you just told it to us. So why did you say it? So, you know, things like that. That's like about as bad as he ever gets. He never... Uh, I guess pretty bad. What? Yeah. I guess so. But he never insults him as a person. He says, oh, well, he's a fool. He's a child. He, you know, he wasted paper writing his book. He never would say things like that. The Ravad is like harsh. He's very harsh. And Chacham Faor said in one of his articles, and I, don't, I haven't found any... When it came to historical things, sometimes Chacham Faor says stuff that I... Not sure has such a strong basis in real evidence. Like he'll believe sources that most scholars in the field don't consider to be reliable. So it kind of makes me nervous. But he does quote in one of his articles that like the Ravad caused like the death of Rabbi Nuzrachia because he like something. What? I don't know if it's in that article, but he like because he didn't let him into. I don't know. There, there was some like thing that he. Blocked him out from coming, you know, in the winter storm. He got, I don't know, there was some story he quoted. I've never been able to find any substantiation for it, but he, he really hated the Rabad and he really hated the Ramban too, actually. Chachambor. Yeah, he was not a fan. And the Tosfot and the Rashban, all of them. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. And anyone around the Ramban circle. And the Tosfot too. He didn't like them either. They basically, basically liked the Ramban. Okay. Yeah. But the Ramban was an Ashkenazi. Totally Spartan. He didn't like anybody but the Ramban. That's, and, and people who followed the Ramban. Like the Radak and uh, people like that. Probably the Meiri. He probably could tolerate the Meiri, you know. Anyway, I don't remember what he said, if he ever talks about the Meiri, but I think he does. Okay, Yud Aleph. In the Rambam, let's go back to the Rambam. We saw a nice Gemara. We did almost a whole Amud of Gemara because it was nice and short. Good thing we brought it. Yeah. In your phone. Should have it all the way there. It's $300 for extra weight. Good. Sean, are you going to read for us? Or no? You taking a break? I don't know if it's going to be. Jordan, hit it up. So we can make Kiddush early Arab Shabbat. I just like to say that. Oh, that's controversial. Obviously not. Still make Havdalah on the Kos, even though Shabbat is technically not. Okay. Well, you're right, it isn't that my man of the demons. Yeah. That's where I mentioned the thing that Rabbeinu Zarach, yeah, the Rabbah. I want to find that note version. I remember the first time I read that article, it was so disturbing, like 20 years ago. 
it's like, wow, he's so harsh. Wow, how can he write like that? And then eventually, like, I got used to it and I got desensitized. I read his book called... Um, uh, no, I, I read uh, a book... No, no, besides those. I read his... He has, like, a thing on the Gospels, actually. No, the Gospels one, the one about the Gospels that he wrote. So he wrote, like, one about the story of Jesus and the Gospels and everything. And it was really interesting and good, except he brought in some historical claims that are, like, considered very dubious by anybody in the field of history or, like, sources that are considered, like, quack sources, like, not real sources, as if they were facts. So it makes me nervous sometimes, his historical claims, even though he's obviously a genius and... and uh, really, really great in other ways. But sometimes I'm worried about his historical stuff. But Because uh, I've seen other people mention this thing about Rabbeinu Zerachia dying because of Rabat or whatever, and it was not... Um, I couldn't find any other basis. Right, so what's the idea here of the Kiddush and Havdalah being before Shabbat? Really, what happened? He was coming to this... You didn't let him come in and he froze like to death? Something like that. I have, to, I have to look at the article again and find it. Um, let me see. I'm pretty sure it's in a footnote. You're really trying to make the rabbi into yeah, yeah, evil, if that's what you claim. There's so many tabs open right now of things that I want to come back to. Yeah. I can't search on my phone for like for like a word or anything like that. In a document. I have to look at it at home. Or when I have the computer. I'll try to find it tonight. To share it with you so you can see how much he loved Rabbein Zerach. Um, okay, so what's the chidush of this halacha here? Yesh lo l'adam l'kadesh alakos erev Shabbat mi ba'od yom. Oh, did you read the last part? Uh, Shemitzvat? Yeah, Shemitzvat zechira la'omra dein b'sha'at k'nisato v'yitziyato dein b'chodem l'sha'azo That's like, and also a little bit like, like the, uh, my dad used to have his clock. Of the Einstein, it was like it was called relative time, and it's at like one ish, two ish, three ish. <laughs> relative time, so like Einstein, I don't know. It's funny. So like that's you know, or like this this Moroccan guy told me that in Morocco they would say when two they, the Arabs were known, especially even more than the Jews, for like not being on time, like, and they would say they would say, oh, when should we meet at the cafe? And he would say, I don't know, what three thirty, five o'clock. <laughs> so like. That, that's the, you know, what does he mean? Uh, what it says, Viknisato uh, Viknisato means uh, at that time or before or after a little bit. Like what kind of halachas? <laughs> or, uh, or maybe a little bit before. What, what would the significance of that be? What would the significance of that be? What, what is it telling you? The idea of Kiddush is not tied to the astrological times of Shabbat, astronomical times of Shabbat. The, whereas, let's say, Melachot, the Sur Melachot starts at a certain time. And right, right, the, the idea of Kiddush is not tied to the Shabbat in the same fashion. Right. Also, the Brachas of Kiddush and don't start or end Shabbat. That's true. That's kind of saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's kind of the same point. They're not, it's not really starting. Or, you're not like when you say Havdalah, now Shabbat is over. Yeah, like, you ever seen the movie Frisco Kid? Yeah. When you duck and you don't see the sun, Shabbat is over. It's not that you can say Havdalah on the day and end Shabbat early. Mm-hmm. It's like, go down for three days and then make a left. Yeah, for three days. <laughs> it's a cute movie, actually. Old movie now. So, uh, 
Uh, so, um, what? Why is it that kiddush and havdalah? It doesn't matter. Or why would you think otherwise? Like, why would you think that it had to be? Uh, why would you think it would have to be with the Shabbat already? Because take it to an extreme, you can't. Or I guess you would think havdalah had to be after Shabbat, right? Shabbat on Wednesday. You would think that it should be tied to the day. Okay. I mean, Shabbat has to be there for you to say something about it. Like, once it's there, it's in. Yeah. Right? It's in. Um, no, why is it? Yeah. Throw out random person, ideas. person might think that his actions are what's making Shabbat come in or go out. Mm-hmm. So that's not the case. Shabbat has a definite time, a defined time. Right. True. So. But it's, it's making an even further point. That, but, but the Kiddush could grow. <laughs> You know, and there are people who are machmir that even if they say kiddush early, so they try to have like a kazayit of bread on the day of Shabbat, meaning they wait till like after tzitikah chavim or whatever. Usually, the meal runs after that anyway. But, but what's the uh, what's the right? I, I think so. You would think havdalah, I guess, had to be after Shabbat. That's why it's a kiddush that could be a little bit before, right, on that end of the of the Shabbat, and on the opening end, you would think that it might have to be on Shabbat, right? Earlier, that the idea of Havdalah is not tied to the, to the Shabbat of the Kiddushes. Havdalah is more on a concept of separation, of distinctions between Kodesh and Chol. So that distinction can be made even when it's still Shabbat. Shabbat you're still contemplating. The contemplation is, is, the, is the Ikar. Right. Well, what does he mean? Afilo Kodem Lushazo Bimat. It's like. It's like like when he says about the six hours, I have bimat. It's the same thing. It would be, it's like the people who say, like the Rambam about, um, about, you know, separate, you know, waiting between meat and milk. Uh, around six hours, you know, a kishish show. He's saying it's not, abs- it's not a, a fixed amount, but what is a little bit before the time? Why does that have to be before the time at all? So we'll do it at ten, three hours before. How do you know what does bimat mean or kimat mean? A little bit before. What do you think it means? A little bit before, a little bit after. Because also have the lot. It can't be like at ten o'clock in the morning. Nobody says at ten o'clock in the morning, you would be able to, uh, you would be able to do havdalah and say, "Good, I'm covered for havdalah for tonight. I'm going to sleep the rest of the day." Same way we brought up Rabbi Abraham idea of uh, keeping the mitzvot the halachic way and then the the malamin halacha is, is the, all the ideas and the contemplation of the kavanot that we have about the mitzvah. So the idea of kiddush is it's going to be different from this person and that person. Meaning you can say the words and but the ideas might not get developed it can take time to develop on the idea to, to contemplate the idea of Shabbat. Right. So it can't be too far in advance because you'll lose your it won't be connected. You'll lose the thread. But it can be said on Shabbat, an hour into Shabbat, even a little bit before Shabbat. Right. The idea, there's no significance to the time at which it's said. Right. Because he says, Bechisat Shabbat. Because it says the fact that we said, Whether at the time it comes in or goes out, or whether a little bit before. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. What is that? It can be like practical. Maybe some people might say our, our read before Shabbat goes out and then 
it is, that's when you that's when you do it. But I mean, why why does it, it's weird to say the mitzvah is to do it to do the to, to do kiddushin adalah at the entry and exit of Shabbat or a little bit before. Like, I guess it's, there's it's, a it's framework weird. to stick to. He wants to be. I think not too far yeah, away from the framework. I'm not sure, but I it could be because like. Nisat Shabbat, because then the question becomes like, what's bimat? What's a little bit? What's a lot? You know, it's, it's very weird. Does it sound like he actually wants you to do Abdullah when it's still Shabbat? Well, no, no. He's saying that it's, it's, he's almost sounds like he doesn't think it makes a difference, right? From the way he words it, it almost sounds like it doesn't think it makes a difference. But I think quote bimat probably means like Nisat Shabbat is a process. Right. There's, a, there's a moment where, where the halachot of Shabbat come into play, but Knisat Shabbat is a process of entering into Shabbat, meaning as, or exiting Shabbat, meaning as Shabbat is going out, the last, I don't know, hour of Shabbat. There's a, there's a sense that, I remember when, when, when I was in NCSY as a kid, they used to say, Shabbos is ebbing. Right? When it's, okay? Ebbing. It was, it, it's fading out. So, there, so the, the Yitziat Shabbat and the entry of Shabbat, the last, let's say, we, we think of it as 18 minutes or whatever it is. Now, I don't think he's tying it to that particular time. But the idea is, as we're entering into Shabbat, it's not, a, it's not something that turns on a dime type of thing. It's a process of entry into Shabbat. So a little bit before, a little bit, a little bit before the actual entry of Shabbat, a little bit before the actual exit of Shabbat, we're already in that mode. Meaning from the moment that the person, it's not about, like you were saying, it's not about the technical time that Kiddushat Shabbat comes in astronomically, the Isur Malachat. It's about when the person's mind is turned towards Shabbat, when the person's mind is turned towards weekday. So in the, let's say an hour or so before Shabbat comes in, the person's mind is already like, we're moving into Shabbat mode. The mind is in the Shabbat mode. And since it has to do with the mind, meaning it has to do with the person's awareness and understanding, reflection on the meaning of Shabbat, so as soon as their mind is turned to Shabbat, Kiddu Shabbat Shabbat makes sense. As soon as their mind turns to weekday, being in, that, in the fading out of Shabbat, the ebbing of Shabbat, so we like that term that I learned from NCSY. So when you move... When, when you're in the mode, I think that's what he's trying to say with the ma'at. It must be. It must be, because it has to be, some, there has to be something to that language. He means that once your mind is already focused on, is shifting into the mode Shabbat. We all know that time of Shabbat, when you're getting to the end of Shabbat, and your mind is already shifting into the, it's almost mode Shabbat. And we all know the time on the afternoon of Friday when we're already shifting into that as well. So he's trying to say once the mind of the person is in that next stage, that's when the Kiddush or the Havdalah becomes relevant. I think that, that's, a, that's a way to, to, to formulate it. By the way, on that issue of Kola Omer, Davar B'Shem Omro, Nevi I love that Joshua because my, I, I learned... Right. What? No, no, I wasn't going to, but I know I, 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 I have a... Spe- you know, whenever you learn something when you're a kid, you, it always has a special place in your heart. And my teacher, I remember my teacher, um, Rabbi Sachs actually told me the explanation of that Agadah when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, and I must have asked him about it because I think I was learning Masechet Megillah, and it's mentioned Masechet Megillah, with regard to Esther, but when it says, right, B'Shem Mordechai, so he told me the reason. He said, why is it that Kola Omer Devar B'Shem Omro Mevi Because she said B'Shem Mordechai, so he gave a beautiful explanation. He said, because 
the key to Geulah is for people to know who the true Chachamim are. That's part of the process of Geulah. So if we say things over as if they're our own ideas, and they're really not, and we take credit for it, we're not, in, we're not enabling Geulah to come, because Geulah will come when the people who truly know and truly understand and really have wisdom and really can facilitate the Geulah are recognized. So when you tell over a good idea, and you tell it over in the name of the person who said it, you're giving them credit. It's not because they need credit for it. Right? It's because that way we come to a recognition of who the people are, who we really should be learning from, listening to, and then that brings us closer to Geulah. It's a very nice explanation I learned from my own teacher, and I just fulfilled the teaching yeah. in the telling you what this is. Right? So that was very self-reflexive. Uh, uh, so does Rama mention Ash or Messiah? Oh, yeah, 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 he does. Yeah, he mentioned Ish before because he said before that up to the third day, up to uh, Yom Shlishi, uh, Tuesday, you call it in America, yeah. right? You're allowed to make Abdallah. Um, uh, but not the Ish, only Friday, only Saturday night because that bracha is only something celebrating like the return of the ability to use fire. That you weren't allowed to because on Yom Tov you don't have bright morning Ish because you're allowed to use fire. Only on Yom Kippur when you're not allowed to, and Shabbat when you're not allowed to. There's a further reason they give for why you make a Borei Morei Ish on Motzei Shabbat. Do you know what it is? Adam Arishon? There's one about Adam Arishon discovering fire, and there's a third one, then, about how Or was created on Yom Rishon. Right? So you're uh, making light because uh, Morei Ish, because you're going back to Yom Rishon again when you end Shabbat. I never that. So yeah, it's cute. I don't know what the source is, but I know it's in the source because I saw it somewhere. I'm pretty sure that, no, it's definitely not. Or you can say they say. I try to be more careful about using the word chazal. If I say chazal, it only means people five, year 500 and before. Like, I mean the actual chazal. Or I'll say geonim, if it's later than, like, let's say the later six, 600. Actually, never know. If you don't know, you can just say they say. If it's late, it's brought down. It's brought down. That's Somewhere. Well, well, even that, that advertisement quoted a thing said it's Balatanya. It's like a Sifri Ooh. from 2,000 years before the Balatanya. Why are you ready? It's the Balatanya. Oh. But anyway. So they wrote the Sifri, no one would know what Yeah, they wouldn't know what that book is. Right. So, the, so that's why they had to write Balatanya. That, but that's sad. That's the case. Uh, okay, so next, well, let's, let's try to do a little bit more. It's only Wait, so did we come to a conclusion or why is this come out? I, I think I just said a good conclusion. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, I think. I'm just saying this is speculation, but I think it makes sense. That a little bit before means that the mind is already on that stage. Meaning right. From the time that people are in the mode of Shabbat. It's actually, it makes a lot of sense. Since Kiddush and Abdullah, like we said, is more about the perspective of the person, either in the case of entry into Shabbat, uh, recognizing the specialness of Shabbat, in the case of exit of Shabbat, also recognizing the specialness of Shabbat, and it's, distinction from Holy what is coming after. So as soon as you're focused on the what is coming after, you, you, that, that's, that's already an opportunity to say Havdalah. Even though you can't do the fire, of course. The fire isn't required to eat a meal after Shabbat. No, you can actually, if you don't have fire at your Havdalah, what you do is the next time you see fire that night, yeah. you say, say something. Sometimes, you go, out Sometimes you go later and you do it. Bissamim also. Yeah. You can do Bissamim later. It's not yeah, that to be done. Also, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a flight to catch one of the level <clears> earlier in this. I've done that before. I did it once. You don't have a fire. You don't have a... You sometimes you don't have, unless you're in a hotel room or something, yeah, you don't have it, you get it later. 
Or one time I did have to rush out, like the second Shabbat was over. I had to do Havdalah before Shabbat ended, so like the second Shabbat was over, I could be out. And I did it later. And the reason for Bussami, we're not going to He mentions actually the reason for Bussami. Oh, he does? It's like the last halacha of the Barak, I think. Yeah, look at the very last halacha, Kaftet. <coughs> Since you guys really are into Bussami, take a look. Yeah. So since the soul is, is, is soul still sick with the exit of Shabbat, so we have to make it happy and settle it with the Rechtov. That's the reason. Let's see. The Gemara even says why. Yeah. That's settling for you? You're losing the, the, the Shabbat Yitera. Was that settling for you? Okay, and then you saw something nice, and then... Why not? Suddenly you're okay with... I think I explained it on our chat one time. I think Rabbi... I'm pretty sure... Rabbi John, if you listen to this, we're we're mentioning you, okay? Mazal tov. So, no, I I spoke to him yesterday. No, but the... uh, We mentioned it in the chat one time, because Rabbi John was asking a question about Malava Malka, and he was asking about... uh, About... um, About Havdalah one time, like, uh, maybe a couple months ago. And I was saying that... It's not that uh, it's not the idea that the bisamim actually makes me feel better. So, oh wow, you know, I was really sad Shabbat was over, but that whiff of cinnamon and or rose water, and suddenly, like, it's totally fine. I'm totally fine with Shabbat being over. <laughs> That's not what it means. It means it's teaching you how to relate to Shabbat. You should relate to Shabbat like you're a person who feels faint that it's over. You you cling to Shabbat. In other words, it's showing something about Shabbat. The fact that we have to take like some kind of a solace in the exit of Shabbat. It's symbolic, really, of the fact that Shabbat is dear to us, precious to us. We're showing it's not that that actually works to the person. Wow, feels so much better now. I had a, a whiff of, uh, of rose water. It's that the fact that you do that is showing we don't want to let go of Shabbat. We we love Shabbat. We, we appreciate. It. Right? It teaches you like the same thing. Right? Right? Just like just like Milave Malka. Right? A lot of times, the Torah teaches you what you should want. What you should feel, not just what you do, right? So when the when you when you do the bisamim, it's saying you should feel like you're losing something and you need smelling salts. You need, a, you know, like you're 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 so you're, you you're right. You need to be revived because it's it's so hard to lose shabbat. That's what you should feel, even if you don't. It's a symbol. It's 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 an expression of that of the value that we touch shabbat. Like I was saying about melava malka, I, I think it was in that context. Then melava malka, the idea is. That Shabbat is over. Most people, as soon as Shabbat is over, they're running to the weekday. They can't, they're, they're glad Shabbat is over. They turn their phone on. They go back into the mundane life. Melave Malka is the idea that, no, I want, I'm still in the mode of Shabbat. As much as I can hold on to Shabbat, I'm going to make another meal. I'm still escorting Shabbat out, meaning slowly, slowly, I'm escorting. Escorting means when you escort somebody out, you're going as slow as possible because you want to spend more time with them and you're delaying get, letting them get to their car. Right, so you're escorting Shabbat out, meaning you want to cling to Shabbat, not to have the idea of turning your back on Shabbat when it's over, but that you're still trying to keep some of that that inspiration of Shabbat. Same thing as Yisru Chag. Yisru is exactly the same. It talks about Yisru Chag, uh, uh, all of these, um, you know, these brachot that you get for a person who, uh, anybody who eats and drinks on Yisru Chag, I, I think it's... Uh, uh, what did it say? It's kilo hikriv korbanot. I forget what the uh, what the chazal is. There's a chazal about a person who eats and drinks in the sukhag, the special sakhar that they have for doing that. I can't remember the exact. So it makes sense why the sonim aren't brought to like someone's in shabbat because we want them to remain. That's why there's a debate also about Yom Kippur. So 
Some people say yes, some people say no, because it's like a pleasure to have the Abyssamim during. On one hand, on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, you want to have Me'ah Brachot. It's almost impossible to get Me'ah Brachot on, uh, Me'ah actual legitimate Brachot on, uh, on Yom Kippur. Because of the, uh, because having, having the same Torah reading 5,000 times when everyone else is talking and not even a minyan is listening is questionable whether that counts. Uh, and, and, and there's so many people listening. Uh, I was never here. I was with you guys. No, no, I was here once. Um, they do, but it's not, um, not on the, it's much more organized. Like, it's more controlled. Because the minyan... Why call ours not organized? When I was at Orester, honestly, it was very organized. I, 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 meaning... I, I made a minyan, there had to be a minyan at every station, and a minyan answering a man at every station, and we had like three stations, and it, it was pretty smooth. I personally, I don't like it, and I don't know any rabbi, I've never met a rabbi that likes it, because there's many reasons. Number one, it's disrespectful to the Torah on Yom Kippur. Everyone's standing around talking yeah. with the Torah out, very disrespectful. Second, it break people schmooze and sit around saying lashon hara and whatever else they're saying. God forbid on Yom Kippur, bad stuff. Okay, like they're just schmoozing for an hour. They totally fall out of the framework of Yom Kippur tefillah. Totally lose the sense of Yom Kippur, and then you have to drag them back in for the musaf. It's just it's not not good. Aside from the fact that it almost always causes you to say musaf past the time, past the ideal time. So why kick them in it was, I tried, I tried different solutions. It's fine, but they want to raise the money. In my old shul, where it wasn't as, people didn't donate as much, the Mosifim, I was able to cancel it. I just said, we're not doing it anymore. And they were doing five Mosifim, and that's it. And whoever wants to buy the five Mosifim, we auction it, and that's it. Because the other ones, they weren't even auctioning them. They were just giving them out, and then expecting the person to give a donation. Well, they gave about $36. It wasn't worth it, so to ruin the... Yeah, but you have a break after, after Musaf. And if you didn't do this, you have much longer break. You have a much longer break after. I don't like the break because I start to feel tired. As long as I'm still going, I don't feel tired. As soon as we take a break, I, I want to fall asleep. No, the biggest problem is that it, it becomes like a stop of the, stop of the media. Everyone just focuses on the, their friends. They sit around the shmoo. And like the Torah is out. It's like no one hears it, no one's listening to it, everyone has their back to it. It is a little weird. I, I feel like it's really bad. But on the other hand... We, we don't charge a membership fee. Like our annual membership is your covenant on Yom Kippur. So. Here it says, Amar Rabbi Yirmiyah, Mishum Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Shimon HaMechuzi, Mishum Rabbi Yochanan HaMakuti. Kol HaOse Isur Lechag. Meaning extra oh, day. I, was for it. I, it. I remembered some of the words from it. Yeah, I That's what I thought. Okay. That's what I thought. Yay. Memory hasn't totally faded out yet. That's what I was talking about. Right. Isru Chag. It means to bind the holiday. Because Isru is to tie. They would tie the, the, they would tie the Korban with ropes. Because Chag actually means a Korban also. Um... And that, so it says it's like you built a mizbech and, and offered a korban. So it's saying that you are, you're, you are, uh, um, and that's in Talmud Bavli Musachet Tukadah Memhei Amun Bet, according to this, according to my phone. Um, so the idea is that the person's extending it. It's like they're, they're, 
that eating and drinking that they do the day after the Chag is like they brought a Korban, meaning they're still in the realm, they're still in the realm of Avodat Hashem. They didn't leave it because they're still drawing from that inspiration of the Kedushah of the holiday. And that's the Malav Malka is a similar concept, and that's why they make a big deal. And, and that's what we talked about Malav Malka when Rabbi John was asking about the... Uh, about what the, why Malava Malka, they say that there's a bone that dr- derives its sustenance only from the Malava Malka, the loose bone, and it's, that's the Tchiyata Metim bone. And so we were, I was explaining in the chat that, um, that the idea is that Shabbat as a whole, part of the concept of Shabbat is using the physical as instrumental to the spiritual or the intellectual or the soul, using the body as an instrument to the soul and not vice versa. And the eating and drinking that you do on Shabbat or in Melav Malka is really expressing that same concept, the, the instrumentality of the physical to the intellectual or the physical to the soul. And so, the, uh, and so that aspect of your physicality, the aspect that is used as an instrument to the soul is what is the aspect of you that is from which you would be reconstituted for Tchiyat HaMetim because the whole idea is the physical being an instrument of the soul again. I explained it better in the chat probably, but that, this is what we were discussing in the chat like a couple months ago. If you search back in the, in the uh, Israel 2022 chat, before we switched over to the more pure Hebrew calendar of 5783, you will find the uh, discussion there. And I think they're, they're trying to get into the, they're, they're circling around the palace, but don't, are afraid to open the door. Should let them in. No, I don't wanna. The, these kids, if they don't sit and learn here, they're, they're going to goof off. We should let them in. I thought you were going to say they might get better off. No. I wouldn't say that. 